Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Wilson. I am your host. Ah, no, I'm starting over. Dude, I'm not going to lie. When you were saying that, I forgot that you were starting for real. Like, I was not. (laughs) Yeah, that was another test run. Okay. Okay. So, Brian, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Well, I've got uh, a decent story. Oh, today. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about um, a different decent story that I have. Uh, First experience that I had. Recently, I went to my first ever bachelor party, Jay. Yeah. But that's a, pr- that's a pretty headliner of a story, so before we get to that, I feel like there's other things we should discuss. Yeah, I had some updates for you, if you'd like to hear them. I would love to hear them, Jay. And then you have some updates for me. But, anyhow, Brian, last weekend, because we didn't talk about that, we interviewed Dad. Mm-hmm. Um... Check out episode 76 for that hot slice of podcast. Um, <laughs> I still kind of feel like we didn't start this podcast. Yeah, and I've kind of backed into a corner on that intro. Um, I feel like we have an unspoken rule that we never start over the intro, though. Yeah. Um, nah, let's just start over. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Wilson. I was an email the show at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. I was joking. I am your gross-feeling host, Brian Wilson. So anyways, we, we're we keeping both of those because I'm not restarting my train of thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so last weekend I had all the interns from Collins over to my house. It was the first time we'd all hung out. Who's Colin? Good one. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Colin is the large, like, building person that I work inside of. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like James and the Giant Peach, but a little more morbid. But so, Brian, um, a bunch of interns flocked to Collins for the summer. So now there's a bunch of us, and everyone's always talking about, okay, do we want to like hang out, do something? And this past weekend, or the weekend before the one most recently. Um, I said, hey, my house is going to be empty. Do you guys want to come over and hang out? And a bunch of them said yes. So then they all say they're going to come over at 6. Or that's the time we decide. So I'm like sitting there thinking, nobody's coming over at (laughs) 6. Wait, why is that the assumption? (laughs) Because, Brian, we're cool kids. We're we're hip young folk. And we don't make plans to show up at that time. We make plans to ensure that other people show up before us. Okay. Or you know that precedent. It's like when somebody says the party starts at 9, you show up at 10. Yeah, nobody wants to be the first one there. Yeah. So or at least the first person there should be someone who's closer to you than the new interns that just met you. Yeah. So I didn't realize how bold of a move it is to just throw your address into a group chat of people that you kind of know. Um why is that bold? I don't know. Well, they informed me that it was bold when they got here. Um but I start mowing the lawn at 5.50. I finish mowing the lawn at around 6.15. And then the first guest arrives at about 6.30. Much to their own displeasure as they intended to not be the first one there by showing up at 6.30. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, guys, no matter how late you arrive, one of you is going to be first. And so then uh-huh. I talk to party guest number one for about... 20 minutes, one-on-one, just sitting at the counter. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, 
we, it was like we all knew each other little enough to where when that person arrived, I'm sure they knew my name because I was the only person who was hosting, but mm-hmm. I did not remember their name off the bat. So it was like, that's the amount of like, Oy. yeah, <laughs> and I was re- really hungry. So I made them watch me eat a bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was this a, uh, like, hey, we're all new interns, let's get to know each other hangout? Or was this a, we've been working together for a couple weeks, let's hang out? I think we had all had... Now that we're friends, let's hang out. We had all had one meeting together. And, like, some of us knew each other a decent amount, but then others didn't know each other, like, hardly at all. Okay, so that's not, that still sounds like a, hey, let's get to know each other meeting. So Got I don't it. think saying, what was your name again, is offensive at that point. No... But I didn't feel it necessary to do so. I mean, especially when you're one-on-one, you don't need names when there's only another person. Mm-hmm. So... Let's go, hey. Hey, hey you. Um, but anyhow, um, just... We, we, you know, we played some spike ball. We drank some drinks. We eventually got McDanks, which was very good. <laughs> um, side note, I, f- I found that I have a strong affinity for lukewarm... Uh, McDonald's Sprite. Is McDonald's Sprite different it's, than normal it's, Sprite? It's spicier, is what the general sentiment is. Spicier how? By spicier, you just mean more flavorful? No. Tastes more no, like no, Sprite? No, it's, there's more. it's spicy. <laughs> it is actually spicy. Like, there's like a... Like they're cutting it with jalapenos well, no, or something. You know, have you seen the the meme where it's like... Or it's a video, but somebody takes a sip and then they have like a really like gravelly voice and they say like, Why is it so spicy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not seen that one. Uh, I'll send it to you later. But it's a thing that McDonald's, McDonald's Sprite is spicy. So... <laughs> I might have to try some now. Yeah. It's like my interest. Well, and then there's also, well, tangent of a tangent. Have you seen the trend where people are trying to drink an entire Sprite from a bottle without burping? <laughs> no. There's no time limit, but you're just not allowed to burp before you finish it, and it has had some disastrous results. Like a one liter bottle? No, just a regular bottle. Yeah, that's one liter, right? No, that's like oh, no. 16 That's ounces. like half a liter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without burping. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, but uh, anyhow, so that was just one part of the evening. But, Brian, one of the sort of the through lines of the evening was, one, I'm awkwardly older than the rest of the interns, and two, I don't think it was just because I was old. Is it because you act old? I don't know if I act old. I think I just act weird. And people, like, I'm, I've, <laughs> I'm used to either hanging out with, like, hmm, I'm trying to think. Like, at... Most people in your life have been conditioned to your eccentricities. Yeah, mostly that. But I'm, I was thinking back, and, like, so Toyota, I'd say, like, I was, I really only hung out with a couple of my coworkers, and they were also weird. And then Atlanta... Like, everyone was, like, PhD students and, like, academic types, so we were all kind of quirky. And then, mm-hmm. all in between, I'm at Cincinnati, and those people know me well. So I felt like I was pretty well established in the way I behave, and then I'm just interacting with a bunch of people who are, like... It's not that they don't want to be quirks, it's just that I think a lot of people, like, don't kind of give you the full court press of their personality right away, like I do. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's <laughs> something we specialize in. Yeah, so I was just like, guys, this is like just standard. Like I'm not I don't know. I didn't think I acted like a dad. Like I like but they said that I did. So Yeah. I don't know. Also, I think part of it was that I was a little uncomfortable. Like, I was definitely... Like, when I get uncomfortable, it's not that I, like, stop talking or, like, get more careful. It's, like, I get different. <laughs> <laughs> like, I said IMO three times, I think, instead of saying in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. That's not in your normal vocabulary. It's, That's just in your uncomfortable vocabulary. It's not entirely separate from my normal vocabulary but it's not like something that i really hang my hat on but then when people are meeting it for the first time there's like wow this guy just said imo three times um <laughs> writing that down or it's like it's there was one time when i like met a guy and within like that first meeting i made two dragon ball z references <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't watch a lot of dragon ball z i mean it's not inaccurate that i'm like into anime i don't think i was into anime at the time though so i like just so happened <laughs> to mention dragon ball twice and then i'm just like now nah, i'm a dragon ball guy to this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um first impressions are really important yeah so it was just an interesting evening um really nothing but netted starting the fire that we had that's satisfying. Yeah, so... Adds points to the dad column. Yeah, no, so that was definitely... People were just like, were you a Boy Scout? And I said, nah, just a fire enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my brother just started a lot of fires when we were younger. Yeah, but, uh... No, I have... I think I've reached the point where it's like, if I have all the tools necessary, like, if I got newspaper and sticks that aren't wet, I'm pr like, there's no reason I shouldn't be able to get a good fire going. Yeah. I mean, you could honestly say that about anybody, but... Well, no, some people, like, still, I guess it, it's there still is a somewhat skill. of an art to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like, I set up my little teepee with the... I had the newspaper and then the first layer of sticks, and then I gathered all the other sticks that you need, you know? Like, the different incrementing mm -hmm. sizes. Yeah. And then I light it up, and then somebody's just like, oh, well, somebody said, oh, nice, you got the fire going. As I just started step one of, like, four... And then somebody else says, oh, it's going to go out in like five minutes. As it would if there wasn't a master firesman attending. Firesman. <laughs> yes. Not firemen. They put out fires. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I, I complete steps two through four. And then we got a roaring campfire. And then yeah. I take a step back and I say, you know, it's weird. It's been like. 15 minutes since it was supposed to go out. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. On the fire. Um, but anyhow, so... It was just... I couldn't tell if it what percentage of it was me being weird and then what percentage of it was the years from like 19 and 20 to 22, which is how old I am now. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's some sort of gap that occurs between there? Like, does, does the vibe change? in your life or am I just or is it mostly yeah, the weird and thing I, I think the vibe changes in a, a much more significant way than you would think because the 19 to 20 phase is you're coming into college and like 
figuring out how to be a person in the world, and you're starting over from that I don't know anything place again. And then stack on top of that that they just started a new internship. So once they just started to get their bearings in college, then now they're in an internship and they're starting over again. Yeah, for a lot of people it's their first internship ever. Yeah, so they're used to being like not knowing how to fit in in a new situation, uncomfortable, just kind of feeling it out. So then when you encounter a Jay Wilson in the wild, who is, who's a, and you're a few years in, so you have that level of comfortability just with college and internships in general, and you're a confident, comfortable person baseline anyway. So you are going to see like seem like you're living in a vastly different world than they are. It's true. And like, yeah, I don't know. Plus, I was here for diagnosis. I was here for a semester before they got here, so they all got here and they they assumed that I was like an adult with kids, and I worked here. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, Nah, I'm a a college kid. But uh, no, but yeah. uh, And I've worked with those people before too. Like, you come to an internship and they're like, Oh, I'm starting my second rotation, (laughs) and I'm like, Okay, like this this guy knows what's going on. He he's like in with the crowds, knows all the full-timers and everything. Yeah. And if they don't say that, then just the fact that they know what they're doing makes you assume that they work there. Yeah, yeah. that's normal. But I've uh, also been on the other side, yeah. where I've come back for my second rotation, and then I just round all these newbies up, and I'm like, alright guys, we're gonna go have some fun. I'm gonna <laughs> show you the town. Yeah. but uh, I'm gonna so, show you how things work around here. Yeah, so it was just an interesting dynamic that I, was, I thought mm-hmm. was worth mentioning. Um, but aside from that, Brian... I also ran another race this weekend. Oh boy, what race did you run? I ran the Crossroads 5K. Crossroads, is that associated with the religious organization? It is not. Um, I don't think so. Um, But it was one of the best organized 5Ks I've ran that wasn't like an organized high school 5K or college club, you know? Okay, yeah. Like they had a pretty legit finishing shoot. It was a well-marked course. Um, it was a road race. Thus, therefore, crossroads. Um, there was good competition. Um, spoiler alert, I got sixth with... Okay, I was just going to ask, was that medal, did you earn it, or was that participation? This is participation. Um, but another thing about this race, Brian, was that it had the best shirt giveaway I've ever I've ever seen. Ooh. It was because it was one of those races where you sign up and you get a shirt. Um, yeah. But it's, it's the, it, they gave out running singlets, Brian. Oh, that's awesome. Like, it's a Razorback, like... Oh man! Then it's like a jersey. Um, That's awesome. Not only did they do that, they gave out the previous year's jerseys for five dollars. Oh, you're kidding! So I got, I picked up two singlets over the weekend. Dude, that's a steal. Yeah. Um, I've realized lately in my wardrobe, I have two singlets that are just my best singlets, and that's almost all I wear now. Really. I have my clean singlet and my dirty singlet. Nice. Well, so Brian... Oh, and look at the bibs. I have the bibs sitting right here. Whoa, it's in the shape of Ohio. Yeah. 
And they had, like, the this was the tracker, so really good. Like, sometimes they have the timing chips on your shoe. That's what we get a lot for College mm-hmm. Club because they don't really care about us. But the time tracker was on the bib, which is high class for all of those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was a well-organized race. He has, like, a whole circuit of races that he's planning to do. My buddy knows the race director, so I was oh, cool. able to uh, get a discount. Don't tell anybody. Nice. Um, but... There was an awkward moment where he explicitly asked me to not let Grant use the discount because Grant came too. <laughs> oh boy! And he was, Grant was just like, "Can I just use the discount?" And I was just like, "Dude, he said not to." <laughs> oh man! But um, but uh, that's awkward. Yeah. So Grant and I rolled out of bed, went to this five k, and uh, it was another one of those moments where I said, "Hey, Grant, you want to run this race with me this weekend?" Thinking like, "There's no way he wants to, right?" And then he just says yes because Grant's uh-huh. always down for to do stuff. Um, yeah, what are yeah. Grant's best qualities? Yeah. So then, uh, it was fun to like show Grant the ropes with racing. I didn't realize this was the first time he had ever raced. Oh, oh boy! Like he said, his his previous experience was a color run 5K for the fraternity. Uh huh. And I was like, oh, so this is, your, this is your first race. And he's just like, yeah. I said, <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that was just kind of a cool experience for him. But a uh, quick little race Did you run him recap. What? Did you run Grant through, like, race strategy? Like, how he should feel at different points? Yeah. I, I want to hear how it went for both of you. Well, I can try and give the update for Grant. I'm not sure um, exactly how, what times he ran for the different splits, but... Um, for me, I have done absolutely no speed training for months. Um, mm-hmm. if you'll recall, Just easy miles. Yeah. I was a little injured in the winter and then took a lot of time off, slowly came back some, some smaller injuries here and there, like just being overly cautious. And then this past week that I ran was my first hundred percent mileage week since December. Okay. So, exciting stuff. Um, and then at the mm-hmm. end of it, I was like, well, let's hop in this 5K. My friend says it's good. Um, so, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I thought that I felt good, and I th- figured I think I should be able to run an 1830 off of no training. Because I've done that before. Sounds fair. Um that's what I think I opened up last season for cross country at in like August. So it wouldn't be unheard of for me to go slower than 1830 because I just got up to full mileage. And last time, last August that I ran 1830, I'd had a bunch of training. So I'd had several, like a whole summer of running hundred percent mileage. So, and for the people who don't know hundred percent mileage, as you may have guessed by now, is just, I'm running hundred percent of what I intend to build up to in training. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, so I didn't really have too many expectations, but I was like, I'm going to go out at six flat because it's about an 1830 and mm-hmm. I'll hopefully cut down. And then if I can't do that, hopefully I won't feel too bad after that. But I go out at, ooh, I think just over six minutes for the first mile mm-hmm. and uh, felt good. So I was just like, all right, time to start. Kind of thrown in some surges. It was really good spacing on the competition. I was never in like a no man's land. There was always somebody at least like 10 meters within me. Not within me. That's nice. Um, but <laughs> within <laughs> oh 10 boy. meters of me. <laughs> um, but uh, 
So I was like, I was, I was racing really well. Like I was making moves all the time. So it's like, I was Mm -hmm. trying to pace myself and I was keeping an eye to make sure I wasn't making two out of hand moves. But, uh, it was like the, the competition was good for my speed. Um, Mm -hmm. so I start making some more moves. I'm working my way through the pack. Second mile, I think I ticked off like a 546. Ooh. Yeah, so... Speedy. Usually my uh, my threshold hangs around 550. I think it's been faster in previous mm-hmm. years, but... um, In short, threshold is just like the pace you can go without your body actively getting angry at you and like slowly slowing you down. Um, but mm-hmm. I... So I was feeling like racing hard and then third mile, I'm like, all right, so however bad I feel now, I'm going all out and uh, caught mm-hmm. caught a few more key people that I wasn't sure if I would reach. Within a point one left, I saw this girl and I knew she was the last girl. <laughs> the first girl. The first girl, yeah. The last girl I had not yet passed. And at this point, I've yeah. only passed people. It was a great progression. Like I, it was mm-hmm. I, I That's ran how a, you want to race. Yeah. So I'd only passed people. I was feeling great. Not at the end. I was feeling very tired. But then I see the, the girl who's in first place for the women. And I'm just like, oh, man. Because it's a big line for me. You know, it's like you start out in your career and odds are like you're running in high school. So you're not really racing against girls. And then a time comes when you're out of school and you're running at a certain speed to where usually if you're like trying really hard as a guy, you're going to beat all the women in the race. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, or at least some people start at that point and that's where I had started. So I was like, if I lose to this woman here, that would be, I'd be on the other side of a line. I haven't been before, or yeah. I'm sure that I've been in other races where women beat me, but it's like, that's like a, that's a clear mark. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm fast enough to beat all the women. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh man, I got, I, I, I want to try and beat her. So then I start like, I catch her with like point one left. And then I make a move past her. And that's when I start dry heaving. So then oh, no. she catches up to me. So that's still part of your race. <laughs> Not always. Race I, usually, I usually can avoid it. But this time I was just, I don't know, I was pushing really hard. I haven't raced in a while. I don't know. But mm-hmm. she catches up to me as I'm dry heaving. So then I'm trying to hold off her move as I'm like trying to hold off the dry heaves. And uh-huh. then I make another move to like gap her a little more. Do like one of the gnarliest spits of all time, like goes all over my face. At this point, I'm in the finishing right shoot. in her face. <laughs> Everyone can see me being disgusting, so I'm just like, "This is gross," and I'm like, start like laughing a little bit. <laughs> and then I, but I finish and I beat her. And then I didn't look at the clock. I knew it was close to the 18 minute mark. And I'm like, I'm fighting hard to not just like keep dry heaving because I know I'm not going to throw up. Mm-hmm. I've almost never thrown up during races, but just. You're trying to get your body under control. So I don't stop my watch for like yeah. 30 seconds after the race. And then I mm-hmm. check my I check the automatic timing later and I went 1759.7 on the Ooh, ship. So baby, I was like That's good. Dabs all around. I was just I was really excited about that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, cuz it wouldn't have been a big deal if I was 1 second slower. That would have been a vast improvement from last season starting out. But the fact that you get the the number seventeen, yeah, it's, there's it's like, hard barriers. Like if I'm gonna be close to that line, it's more fun to be on the other side of it. So I was excited. Exactly. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. So hopefully, good things to come this cross country season. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder. Well, 
I, if it was an, at all in part due to my strength training I did earlier this year. Because that's, that's a new variable. Be. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I have to do a time trial this week for um, corporate track nationals that are coming up. So maybe I'll just make that a 5K and then see how I compare. How was the weather for you? It was really good. It was like pretty cool, but like not cold by any means. It's probably like okay. 70, 80 something. Yeah, if I go here, I can catch like low 70s with 90% humidity, which nice. I'm getting used to. So, yeah. um, But I, I did do a 5K time trial like a month ago when it was like low 80s and yeah. 90% humidity, and that was uh, 1857. So uh, that puts you way ahead of me. I'm not sure what the humidity adjustment tables would say. Yeah, but. I feel like you've got to be faster than me right now. Yeah. But also, yeah, I was time trial by myself in terrible weather. So. Yeah. But anyhow, um, yeah, and then Grant ran slower than he wanted to, I think. But he also said that he was a lot in the mindset of he didn't want to push too hard and not finish. And I was like, oh, mm. you're you're gonna finish, like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, him and I have ran faster five Ks together, um, where like. There was one day where we started out, we clicked off like a 740 mile, and he seemed like he was doing really well. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, hey, Grant, like, push really hard. Like, let's see what you can do. And then for the next remainder of a 5K, I was like trying to push him and lead him. And then he mm -hmm. ran faster then than he did this past weekend. Okay, gotcha. So I think. So he's still, he's still got to figure out the race strategy. I think he needs to figure out the race strategy. He also was not at a point in his training where he was like feeling great about his training. Okay. So, he's still, he's been working back to try and, like, build proper form and, like, get some miles under his belt, and he was just, like, a good sport about trying to go out for a race. He wanted the experience. So, he said he was mm -hmm. displeased with the time, but he enjoyed the experience, so I'm, I'm excited for him. He was, he was, like, talking about, like, doing other races, so. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so I was excited. Um, but. another data point for me that maybe, uh. We're getting really close to the barrier of too much running talk for people to care about. But yeah. I just did a workout this past weekend. I found a new group of people to work out with that I think are one of the faster groups in Wilmington. Yeah. And I did a workout with a guy where first he was like 13 miles in to the day and I was six miles in. And he's like, you want to do a workout now? And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we did uh, two by three miles at like 6.10 pace. Okay. After my six-mile warm-up. So I was like, okay, I feel like I could do a little bit faster of a 5K at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but we'll see. Because you just posting. ran approximately two back-to-back 19-minute -back 5Ks. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's cool. We'll see. Yeah. Is that all for you? Anything else? Any finishing touches? Oh, I want to know, what do you think the overall takeaway was from the intern group coming over? Was it positive for everybody? Yeah, we had a good time. It was like, okay. it was like a, it was a joke that like Jay's a dad, um, and I mean I'm definitely not. It's it, the uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, backdrop of like Jay's idiosyncrasies being quirky and kind of funny to like joke about is not new to me. So yeah. like I wasn't too thrown by that, but um. So, no, yeah, we all enjoyed each other's company, and it was a good time overall. All right, well, good. Yeah. All right, 
You want to get to stories about Brian? Yeah, lay it on me. The, the game show for this story is, is Brian a genius or is he an idiot? Okay. That's what we have to determine by the end of this story. So All right. keep tabs. <laughs> so Sydney and I are working on the van, as per usual, and we're doing the insulation. Um, part of the insulation is you have to like take off the door panel so you can see all the inner workings of the door. Mm-hmm. And you have to put a bunch of insulation in the door, in among all of the workings for the handles and latches and stuff. And our van door handle, the inside handle, won't close the door. You can open the door with the inside handle, but you can't close it, the sliding door. Question. Yes. I know moisture and mold is a big concern in insulation. Are you worried about assembling this bad boy in Wilmington? Um, haven't thought about specifically, like, the humidity and everything, but we have one of the best insulations that people recommend that is supposedly very good at resisting mold. Okay. Okay, so the door handle. You understand? From the inside the sliding door, we can open it, but we can't close it. Okay. Because, like, there's some latch that needs released to close it, and the handle won't release that latch. Alright. So I take the panel off and I can see all the inner workings to do the insulation. I'm like, oh, this would be a great opportunity to troubleshoot this door thing. Because, so I was looking at it and I figured out like which lines connected where and what was pulling on what and which latch should be released and everything. And in the process of me doing the insulation, at one point I just pull the handle and it closes. And I'm like, huh, it works. And then I was looking at everything, I was like, yeah, everything's connected, right? It doesn't seem like anything needs tightened or anything. And I, like, brought Sydney over to show her exactly how it worked, because I was excited, just, like, mm-hmm. breaking down how something functioned, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, everything works fine, we just aren't pulling on the handle hard enough. So that was the takeaway. Okay. Because, so we were just, like, pulling on it, but you really need to, like, grip the door kind of with your thumb a little bit to get a little more leverage... Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you can pop the latch and it closes just fine. So we were like, oh, door works. Nice. Hmm. All right, so where do you stand at this point? Brian's genius. Okay, cool. So we continue insulating the door. <laughs> okay. And in the process of insulating the door... Um, you break the door. I go to... I once again go to... I'm, like, shoving the insulation in behind all of the latches and mechanisms and thing mm-hmm. things and at one point i go to open the door from the inside won't open now mm. and i was like crap did i break something when i was putting this insulation in and i had just analyzed everything to see how the latches work to close the door did not look at all at how they should how they work when you're opening it mm-hmm. so i'm pulling it when it's opening looking at all the stuff i'm like okay i know what these things do i don't know what these things do these are the only parts that aren't moving I'm kind of trying to narrow it down. I watch some YouTube videos. None of them help. Whatever. I'm troubleshooting the door. And I'm troubleshooting the door basically the entire rest of the time while Sydney is finishing all of the insulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so then eventually, I pretty much have the whole door figured out, I think. I'm like, these are all the things that are supposed to move for all the different functions. Like, I, you can point at any piece and I know what, what it should do and, like what makes it move and everything. Um, and I'm finally just like, like nothing here is broken. Everything is connected and moving how it should. I don't know why the door's not working. And then 
it was at the point that I everything clicked that I was like, I completely understand everything. Nothing's broken. Why is it not working? And I like walked through everything with Sydney, and I was like, yeah, so it should open. And then I grab it, and it opens. And I'm like, Sydney's like, did you do anything? I was like, no, I didn't mess with anything. It's like the most physical version that, of troubleshooting a code. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I think it just needed to be understood. I think it just wanted me to really know how it worked before it would like let me in the door. So then we open it, we close it, we open it, we close it. Everything's working fine. I was like, huh. And then later on, I go to open it again and it won't open. And I'm like, what possibly could have happened? We didn't mess with anything. What? We didn't minute. mess with anything and it stopped working. We didn't mess with anything and it started working. Can I just... What? Did it? Did the door like automatically lock? <laughs> no. So we were looking at the lock and unlock mechanism too. Okay. And that was goodness. working fine. <laughs> but then I did figure out... Um, I figured out why it wasn't working. Because I just pulled a little harder and the door opened. So you just weren't pulling hard enough ever? Well, so you know how, uh, like, if you, I think, yeah, it would happen with, like, a minivan sliding door, where, like, you're pulling on the door expecting to get the, like, the little clunk of you can feel it unlatching and then you yeah. open. Yeah. But if it doesn't close all the way, you don't get that clunk. Uh. So you don't think it's opening, and then you don't pull harder to move the door. So it was unlatched. And we just weren't pulling hard enough to actually slide the door. Because uh, we thought it w we thought it wasn't unlatching. Yeah. So that was that was the only problem the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely more of a gray area now. I'd say. Well, I don't know, because like, <laughs> let's look at the let's look at the scoreboard. Because in did, the end, well, you, tr you troubleshooted yeah. and understood a door to the point where you ruled out there being something broken, and then were able to realize the error of your ways. That being said, the error was kind of silly. Yeah, and it took a long time, Jay. I think it's a wash. All right. Can I well, tell I you? Appreciate that. Speaking of, because I felt pretty stupid by the end of it. Yeah, no, I think. <laughs> and also, fine. the latest update now is that the outside door handle will not open the door. Have you tried pulling harder? <laughs> <laughs> I've pulled so hard. Okay. Right um, away, I was like, "Is it just not latched?" <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. we're going to have to take the panel back off now and look at that again. Alrighty. Well, Brian, one small story I forgot to tell you is uh, a separate time hanging out with the interns. We were at a bar that had cornhole, and uh, Grant came along. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were playing cornhole, and Grant sunk, he sunk the first one, and then other guy misses. He sinks the second one. Other guy misses. Sinks the third one. Other guy gets his on. Or maybe the other guy got two on at that point, and they were, like, both in front of the hole. So, like, he can't slide one mm -hmm. in at that point. And then we're all sitting there, and then Grant realizes, wait, so if I get this one in, we win, because he has the last bag. And we're all just like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he just throws it, nothing but net. Wins the game. And <laughs> we're just like, no freaking way. What was that? That was so clutch. <laughs> like, it was just, it was really satisfying to see. <laughs> Oh, that but, is um, amazing. That's like yeah. hole-in-one in golf. Oh, yeah. But, um... That's great. Yeah. Alright, well, there is one other thing I wanted to talk about before we get on the bus to the subject zone. Yeah. Because... Cletus will have to wait. As you know... 
Yeah, as you know, we are a very political, very intellectual podcast, and we do have some current events going on right now that I want to talk to you about to see how you've been affected. I guess neither of us have, would have been affected, but how we feel about it. Yeah. Because this past week, weekend, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Yeah. You don't hear the full verses I don't get... very often. Huh? People very seldom oh, you just say hear Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay, I'm I'm official here. Well, this is official you, reporting. People, I feel like this is something young Jay would have thought the full thing was Roe v. Wade, like some. Like oh, that yeah. sounds like its own two words. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, enough nonsense. Um, yeah. yeah. That was a bummer. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed too. And I don't want to get like be, I don't want to be, us to be like pressing our opinions on anything. We're not going to be like calling anybody idiots or hating on anyone for how they feel. I just kind of want to talk it out with you. Yeah, what do you, what, what's on your chest, Brian? I mean, yeah, my initial takeaway is I'm like, well, that's kind of upsetting just cuz in general, I'm a fan of people being able to choose what they want, whatever it might be. Yeah. So, like having options the freedom to choose anything in any situation, and I feel like it kind of takes away an option in a certain situation for a lot yeah. of people. Um, oh, I did want to tell you about like how I found out, because I knew it was up for discussion in the Supreme Court, but how yeah. I found out they had come to a decision is we were going to a dinner reservation we made this weekend, yeah. and the restaurant closed. They said, I'm sorry about your reservation. We apologize, but we're closing in protest of like the decision that was just made. Uh, and I was like, very interesting way to like make a point. I don't feel like you're accomplishing much, but also I can't really say that because you brought it to my attention. So yeah. mission accomplished, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, uh, I forget. Oh, the other, my only other comment. Sorry, I already said like, bummed out i feel like i like when people can choose what they want what they mm -hmm. think is best for them um the other thing is i feel like either way it doesn't really accomplish much because mm -hmm. now the decision just falls to the states and i like to think that anyone making that decision is going to be willing to cross a state border if they have to to take the course of action that they want to um not necessarily it is a actually. statement is Oh, really? Like, uh, I think in Texas you can be prosecuted, like, if you leave to go get one. Like, they're like, hey, get back here. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm not well versed on all the intricacies of the law, either. Yeah, but one thing that I've definitely... Either way, it is kind of... Yeah. Last point, then I'll let you talk a little bit. <laughs> but uh, either way, it is, like, a national stance that represents our nation and where we're at and what we think of these things, so... Yeah, I, uh... So, I found out from YouTube... There's, like, a news strip on the home screen these days. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, because I had, you know, we all heard about them, the the opinion being leaked a while back. Um, and whatnot. But what I... The, the part, the, the thing that always comes in my head quickly when this comes up um, is that I generally, like, fall on the sides of things where it's like... It's weird for me for people to be, f like, forced to do things. Right. Right? So, and I'll preface this by saying I am continuously made aware of, like, different ways of looking at it. Where, uh, like, mm -hmm. 
where I'm I'm obviously like a I'm a I'm a pro-choice guy, but then I'm always even when pro cho- different pro-choice arguments are presented to me, I'm just like, oh, I never even thought of that way that this is an injustice. And then I'll hear pro-life arguments where I'm just like, well, I can, yeah, okay, I can see how people like are can get that in their heads and then feel very justified. Um, mm-hmm. So like, one, I'm just I'm not well versed on these controversial topics to know like the common arguments and defenses that each side has a lot of the time. So like, my apologies mm-hmm. if I don't acknowledge some like glaring way of looking at it that's an injustice in either direction but um but then what gets me is that okay so i feel weird when people are forced to do things right so then it's weird to be forced to have a child that you don't want then the first thing that occurs to me is then well i guess the pro-life a big part of the pro-life side from my perspective then would be well then like the little unborn child doesn't really get to do whatever they want. They're forced to not exist. Um, so they're kind of forced mm-hmm. to do, they're not forced to do anything, but like that's it's freedoms being taken away from them. So then it's like a lot of people are then arguing over, well, what's the point of like, you know, then you dive into all the intricacies of like the argument and when, mm-hmm. when, what happens, when is it bad? When is it all right? Um, but overall, yeah, it's, it's a bummer because it's just, it's kind of a, when you consider it as like a, a medical procedure that you're forced to have, as in like, you're, you are forced to have the medical procedure of going into labor. Like, that's rough. Mm-hmm. In my eyes. And it's like... Yeah, that's interesting too. And for however many people, like, what was it? I forget the, the name behind the stat. Like, if it was like, this many people in the next year, or this many people, I don't know. But it said something like 75,000 people are going to be forced to have a child that they don't want to. And then just pointing out the fact that imagine all 75,000 of those are like they like they foresee nothing going wrong with the birth. It's mm-hmm. like some of them are still going to die in childbirth. Like some of the some of the parents. Some of the parents. Yeah. So it's like yeah. We're going to force all 75,000 of you to ha- to go through this and some of you are going to die. And like sorry about it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's like jeez. Like I know. I mean, and that's why it's such a controversial topic is there's so many ways that it's unfair either way. Mm-hmm. Like neither way is good. It's a situation that sucks no matter what. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of just fall to then to, well, if it's going to suck either way, some, like, someone's going to be upset either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think what one person thinks is right should determine what someone else has to do. I think everyone should be allowed to decide for themselves. Yeah. But if that... there's no right answer, everyone should be allowed to pick their own wrong answer. Yeah. But then I also think that, what is it, I th- something that I hear oftentimes is, well, okay, then why do, like, part of my taxes go towards this thing that I don't support? And it's like... That's frustrating, too. It's frustrating, but also a lot of your taxes go to a lot of things you probably don't support. That you I know, don't that's kind of life. Like, <laughs> I go to Cincinnati, and part of my student life fee is going to random clubs that I've never heard of and don't care about. But... Yeah, and also, like, a lot of my, like, taxes are probably... Probably, like, what is it, like, 50 cents of every dollar of your taxes is probably going towards, like, making drones that, like, ultimately, like, 
give our government power to do things that might be unsavory. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the point being, if you're like saying that I want like I don't want my taxes to go towards this, I think that's kind of a hollow argument when I when I pick it apart. It's like Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. But Yeah, there's a there's a rebuttal for any argument you can come up with. Yeah. I don't know. I I think we've talked enough to make our stances clear and just kind of our thoughts in general. Yeah, just because a big part of this podcast is partially just for us to listen back to once we're old and gray and be like, oh, remember when this happened? Like, yeah, like, what was that like? Just get a little flashbulb of the past. So we wanted to cover this just to have a little documentation, what we were thinking, how we felt at the time. It reminded me, it took me back to remember when uh, gay marriage was legalized? Yeah, we were on our road trip. Yeah, we were just like, oh, huh. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I do have one more point. Because yeah. I feel like um, I mentioned earlier how um, it's kind of not important because it come, falls to the states now. But then it is important because it's like the national stance. And it's really important but because also, a lot of states like triggered things into effect when this happened. Right. Um, and also the fact that it's a national stance. But then calling it a national stance i'm like well is it or i feel like it just kind of comes down to who which party can get how many people in the supreme court at any given time yeah and like because supreme court justices they serve for life correct yeah so it's just kind of like who dies when and who has office when that happens because you know they're just going to pick someone that agrees with them it's not like this is some overwhelming national stance we have it's just enough people were in the right place at the right time that they said, okay, now we can shift this. Yeah. Which I guess statistically, if those people were in the right place at the right time to get enough in there, then you'd think, oh, well, then there's probably slightly more of those people. But in reality, but people will it say still seems like Trump a... put three people into the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. So... So Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm, I'm like, it's not necessarily a representation of the current national opinion. I feel like it's just kind of the, it's the system we created, and it's how it played out. How it happened to play out. It seems like a flawed system to me. Yeah. And that's just why I don't put too much stake into it as like, oh, well, this is what a majority of people think right now. I'm like, well, no, not necessarily. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's, it's rough out there, man. It's politics. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, well, it's pretty, it is pretty rough over here. Do you want to go somewhere where it's not as rough? Well, just before subject, we, before we move zone, on. The subject zone doesn't have a government. <laughs> it's a lawless wasteland. Um, <laughs> Well, before we move on, I just want to say, like, I think it's it's worth mentioning that I feel like being in the position that we are, as straight white men who have led a, like, life where we've never had to worry about anything real. Um, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's, it is a little easy for us to parachute in to talk about things when we want to. And, like, I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, look at you and I. Like, we don't... We we feel like more uncomfortable talking about this than almost anything else. Correct, like, and yeah, that's why we kind of like up there. Oh, let's make this a section of today's podcast and then move on. 
and it's pretty it's pretty uh it's an it's another privilege of ours that we're able to just like parachute in talk about it and then remove ourselves and then we can go about our day and we're vastly not affected and it's like oh let's not talk about that because it's like getting political is like unsavory or like it might piss people off or like this that and the other like it might be annoying to some people it might offend other people and we're like we can do that and not be affected like we can stop talking about it and be happy-go-lucky or like Mm -hmm. I I think about it a lot when some people are just like, oh, I can't believe you hang out with that guy based on their beliefs. And it's like, oh, but I'll just look past their beliefs. They're a good person at their core. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that person. It's like, well, yeah, you're fine with that person. They don't have any problems with the way you live your life. Like, or so that's where I, it's, it becomes a weird responsibility thing in my head, you know, where it's like. Like, am I responsible? Like, I just feel like, sometimes I feel like a noodle person where I, like, don't like taking stances against things that, like, draw the ire of people. Like, you know, do you, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like your people-pleaserness gets in the way of you actually, like, sticking to your guns in times when you think it matters? Well, I'll say yes a little bit, but also there's the level of, um, just like... Like social interaction like you don't want to be like social taking a stand every like getting on your soapbox every hour of the day yeah but what level of responsibility do you feel i'll call back to some to what we talked about dad last week where it's like people don't want to know your opinion unless they ask yeah so if someone's if someone's ranting about their opinion about something, I rather than expressing my own opinion, I feel more of an obligation just to challenge their opinion. Either way, I'm yeah. a big challenger. Like, my goal is just to make them think differently, or like present them with things they might not have thought of. Yeah, I'd I'd say I am definitely. I will readily oppose people who are closed-minded in any, in either, like, if they agree with me, I'll be like, well, hold on a second, like, this is what the other people think, uh-huh. like, yeah, so I'm pretty good about sticking my nose into those conversations, but, yeah, I don't know, I just, it's like, when I feel uncomfortable talking about charged things, I also feel bad that I'm, that I don't want to talk about them, because it's like, well, Lucky you, you don't have to talk about it. Nothing's on the line for you, but some people really care, and they're going to be vastly affected by this, so, like, sack up and talk about it. But it's like, what? Uh, yeah. at the end of the day, what is me talking about it going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Is it going to be a grassroots movement that changes it, or is it going to be, like, actual actions that change it? Like, I don't know, big, like, nation-moving actions or movement actions. But then those, even the big movements have to start somewhere, so, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, so it's, like, people who aren't affected and don't care are, in some ways, the most important people to take part, I, I would guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then, cause then you can be like, well, wow, this guy has no real stake in the game, and he's still is voicing his he still thinks it's important enough that he has yeah. to get involved. Cuz if like if 35% of the population is being screwed in an inhumane way, then it's like that's never going to get noticed unless like 20 to 30% of people who have no reason to like 
get their head in the game do. Right. So it's like, man, yeah. do I got I got like a, I got volleyball this week and running. Like, do I got time to be a political <laughs> activist? But it's like, yeah. And and this this uh, situation specifically is really interesting because it's a group of people that a hundred percent of people. It's a hundred percent of people hope they're never in this situation. And you don't. This isn't a predetermined situation. It's a situation you get into, I'm, whether it's your fault I'm or busy. not. <laughs> but yeah sorry there was somebody yeah, knocking so it, at the door <laughs> yeah you're fine um but yeah so it's not like it's a group of people that they're like we're being subjected to this and it's not our fault it's a group yeah. of people that are like crap i'm in this situation now yeah uh-huh i don't know and it's also probably not just that either mm-hmm but yeah, man, it's just, bottom line, I'm bummed. Yeah. Gut feeling takeaway is not happy about it. Yeah. All right, you ready to get out of here? Yeah. All right, Cletus, fire it up. <laughs> Jay, speaking of lawless wastelands, a couple weekends ago I went to my first bachelor party, and it was yeah. for our good friend, our good friend Zach. I'd say you were probably almost as much of his friend as I was for a while there. Yeah, but he's my age. We're both getting married in the coming months, and his bachelor party came first. So I made my way down to Charleston, South Carolina. Oh yeah, it was uh, me, Zach, Mike. His brother Tyler and his other brothers John and Phil, mm -hmm. and then also Zach's dad and Zach's soon-to-be father-in-law. Mm. So that was the squad. Um, but I have, I have four main highlights from the party that I want to break down with you. You got highlights? One of them I was that get... I got highlights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me getting highlights is not one of the highlights. Uh, but what do you think of them? Pretty good. Pretty good. Soon there'll be frosted tips, and then... Yep. That's really... I just wanted the slow play on the frosted tips. Yeah. Anyways, first highlight, Jay, was spike ball. Because let me tell you, this crew was a good spike ball crew. It's always good to have a good spike ball crew. Yeah, and the first day was a beach day, so we brought spike ball to the beach. There was plenty of flat space. Um, a bunch of people, the beach was pretty crowded, but we found enough space to play spike ball. And then a bunch of the people sitting around us were like getting into it. So that that's always fun. fun. Yeah. But my, my main excitement coming out of spike ball was the fact that the beach we were playing on was like really hard yeah. and the sand was like pretty rough. Yeah. So it was almost like playing on sandpaper to a certain extent. Yeah. It's a, it's a Carolina beach. Those are some robust sands. Yeah. But Jay, so at the end of the game, I, I thought nothing of it. And then at the end of the game, everyone was talking about, like, the bottoms of their feet feeling, like, tender, like, rubbed yeah. raw a little bit. A couple people actually got, like, big blisters on their toes and, like, yeah. peeled skin off. Yeah. Like, layers of skin. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I was not bothered in the slightest. Yeah, we have, we have leathery stumps, Brian. 
<laughs> I know. And I didn't realize how like how leathery our stumps were until <laughs> that and hearing everyone complain so much and I was like thought did not even cross my mind remotely. My feet are not bothering me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just like thick layers of dead skin on the bottoms of our feet. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really proud of my calluses in that moment. Yeah, good on you, calluses. Yeah, and then also this past weekend, Sydney was actually, like, touching my feet for some reason. We were, like, laying on the couch, and I think my feet were close to her face. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, she actually, like, paid attention to my calluses, and she's like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. it's to the point that your toes are, like, misshapen. You have particularly rowdy calluses, I think, on, like, your big toe. I have... Yeah, I have weird, like, ridges on the bottom of my feet that, like, stick out. I get, like, the joint, if, like, for me, I feel like callus has filled in some regular spaces. Like, between my big toe and index toe, mm -hmm. it's, like, that's just, like, like, the the seam that would run up along the pad of my foot is just, like, calcified. Yeah. Mine is the same, except it also, like, juts out. Like, it looks like... Like a spine. Yeah, you could probably file that down. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. No, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of uncomfortable. Like, that's part of the reason I don't like when my feet are under sheets. Yeah. Or I like to sleep with my feet hanging off the side of the bed because when my feet rub up against things, it makes me very aware of all the strange calluses I have. Well, for me, it's like I've actually had, like, the buildup of callus on my feet, like, cause discomfort at times. Like, it'll, like... Like, my foot will be hurting, like, because I, I think just, like, my skin's a little inflexible, and then, like, I'll, like, mm -hmm. shave some stuff down, and then it'll feel better. Huh. But, okay, maybe I'll have to give that a shot. I don't know. But oh, believe geez. it or not, the bachelor party was not just a segue for me to talk about calluses. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because I was proud of my calluses. I'm proud of you, too. Point number two. So then, uh, after Spikeball at the beach, we went back to the Airbnb, gathered our bearings, and then went out to a restaurant that specialized in, a. Uh, Fried chicken and oysters. Okay, did you, like, skateboard there? Why? What did I say? Well, I don't know what else you would oh, need a bunch of bearings for. Yeah, there are bearings. Okay, good one. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I but, work uh, yeah. at a wheel factory, Brian, so bearings is a very <laughs> buzzword for me. Yeah, you get triggered there. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I ate some oysters. I had the best grapefruit rattler I've ever had. Okay. It was incredible. Um, I How did treat myself to one chicken wing. Or okay. it was a chicken leg. Okay. And I was like, yeah, it's fried chicken. It wasn't really anything how, special. How, was, uh, how, how, how were the oysters? Um, they were the best oysters I've had, I'll say. But like oysters in the half I shell? I seasoned them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why? I was just want, like I, I'm interested. I've I've wanted to try them for a long time. Oh, okay, yeah. I've actually had oysters at I think three or four different places now. Okay. Yeah, and these were my favorites. They were at a uh, Leon's, I think was the name of the place in okay. Charleston. Um, this one. So usually you get oysters. They taste like nothing. So you put hot sauce on them, and they then taste like, like well, nothing. Now it just tastes like hot sauce. Yeah, they taste basically like nothing. Okay. They are quite different from mussels, Jay. Completely different. Oh, I, I expected that. They're like slime balls, right? Yeah. It's just a little slime. Do you like slurp slime it down or do you like chew it? Um, 
So I take the spoon and scoop around it to make sure it's loose, and then, yeah, I slurp it down. Okay. And I'm, Zach's an oyster guy, so I'm, was he giving you, like, is that the proper etiquette? Um, I think so. That's what I saw everyone else doing. Okay. Or some people would, like, fork it out and then eat it. Hmm. But I think the best way is to leave it in, because you want to get some of the salt water in there, too. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, usually you just put hot sauce, and then I'm like, well, then you're just, like, drinking hot sauce. Like, what's mm-hmm. the point? Um, but then this one, I put hot sauce and then a dab of honey. So, still, I think most of the flavor is coming from the sauces, but it was better than all the other ones that I've had. I was always told it's supposed to, like, taste like the ocean. It's definitely an ocean-y taste, I guess. Yeah. I guess huh. it's not a strong flavor. Yeah. I guess when we're, like... As a country, we're used to very like buttery, cheesy, like goodness. Yeah. And you can get the you can get the baked oysters, which yeah. are buttery and cheesy. Um, but yeah. Something so about a fresh oyster. Did Zach have anything to say about like what you look for in an oyster? Like what like the reasons? Like what's a good oyster? No, there really wasn't much oyster talk. Honestly, <laughs> I did ask him at one point. I was like, "You want to ask him if you can go shuck your own?" Because I know Zach's big on his oyster shucking. Yeah. But, yeah, not a lot of oyster talk. Just kind okay. of talk. Dinner talk. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the next highlight on my list, that wasn't even one of the highlights, Jay. The highlight was after the oyster place when we went to King Street Cabaret, which is a strip club, Jay. That was the highlight? I Well, it's a, it's a point that I wanted to talk to you about. It's the first strip club <laughs> a, I've a, ever a been way to. A waypoint, if you will. A waypoint, yeah. Um, it was also Zach's first strip club, so we were in it together. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just kind of wanted to break it down with you. So, we were... So you're telling me that you never actually in. went to the brass ass in Cincy? <laughs> I never did. That was all jokes? It was only a meme. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Zach and I were both nervous going in. Yeah. Both didn't really necessarily want to go in. But yeah. we were like, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> um, I think we had to pay a cover. Someone paid the cover for everybody. But as okay. we were like in the little welcome area, there was like some sculpture on the wall. And one of the guys in the party goes, see, look, they got art. This place is classy. <laughs> At which point the bouncer laughed out loud <laughs> as we entered the strip club. And then I think we got there kind of early. Mm. I'm not sure. There were like a few people there, like a handful of people at the bar getting drinks and stuff, but then it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but then it was like all the girls were just like sitting around in chairs, just like on their phones and stuff Mm. in their, in their stripper garb. Ah. And I was like, interesting. So we kind of like, we got some drinks at the bar, went and got some seats and we're just sitting there. And then like, they just start coming up and talking to you. Oh. That's my nightmare. And I'm just, I know. I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, I'm not going to give you any money. <laughs> I was, but, I, t- I told you, I was at a bar and I thought a girl might be starting to move towards me to dance and I left the bar. Well, you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine yeah, if that so girl like, was mostly naked. I would, I'd <laughs> probably dive out a window. Yeah, no windows in this establishment, though. Oh, jeez, Brian, you're screwed. I know, you're cornered. But yeah, they come up and start talking to you, and it's like, I don't know. My first, like, uh, 
my first thought is like, do you do you actually want to talk to me? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, I get it's your job. Like, it's their job to get you to spend money on them. And yeah. that whole concept just made me extremely uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then I'm like, if I, if I talk to you... And don't pay and you. I don't spend money. Yeah. Are you going to be upset with me? <laughs> <laughs> like, and at that point she said, I think you're overthinking this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Most conversations I had ended pretty quickly just because I made no effort to keep the conversation going. Yeah. I'd be like constantly like looking around. Being, oh, hey. Like you like pretending like I saw yeah. somebody I knew. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like, there's, uh, there'd be like a girl dancing on the stage and they're like, oh, like come closer to the stage. I'm like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) It was just all awkward all around. The one girl that did talk to me for a long time, um, I did not talk to her. Just, she talked to me for a long time. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was because like, you'd have the startup conversation it's like oh like what are you doing here and it's like oh it's his bachelor party and she's like oh where are you guys from blah blah somehow it came up that i am a nuclear engineer and she goes oh thank god a smart person finally came in here and i was like oh ha 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 and then she's telling me that she um was gonna join the navy as like a navy nuke okay person and then went off about how she didn't like how the navy taught people and then ranted for a long time about a lot of things and I was only kind of like half listening, but I was like, and then, then yeah, she talked to me forever. Like she spent like 10 or 15 minutes talking to me and I was like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom now. So then I went <laughs> to the bathroom and then I came back and she was still sitting there. And I was like, oh, jeez, oh, man. Like, yeah. So then I sit back down she talks to me for like another minute and then she's like, so do you want to go dance? And I was like, no, no I really don't. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, why not? And I'm like, it's it's not my thing. Like, it's not what I'm here for. She's like, okay, well, nice talking to you. And then walks away. And I'm like, I'm like, I feel bad, but should I feel bad? Like, I was not prolonging that conversation. That was her decision. I, she's just bad at her job, I think. Well, I don't think she's bad at her job, Brian. I think that you were, you're there, you're not there for the, for, I don't don't know, man. Like, what, what could we liken this to? Because it's essentially like. It's kind of like a street performer, but they're inside. And well, she's got to read the conversation, and she should be able to tell that I'm not interested. Yeah. By so the conversation. their goal is to get people to dance with them, and you go in there. <laughs> so you're entering the establishment. I guess it's it's a matter of it's fair of them to assume that you would want to dance. It is. Um, hmm. I guess it's kind of like. It's like if you went to a bar and there were free hot dogs. <laughs> this is exactly the analogy I made. <laughs> and it's understood that you should buy a drink before you get a hot dog. But then sometimes you're just yeah. on the way to another bar and you stop in and get a hot dog. And then you go for a second hot dog and you get yelled at. And then you have to mm-hmm. leave in shame. And I think I already told this story on the podcast, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I likened it to. Because you're in the establishment, so whether you like it or not, you're, like, seeing the girls. Yeah. Very hard to avoid, unless you just close your eyes. Um, But anyways, so it's like you are consuming the product Mm -hmm. to some extent. Even if it's the lowest possible extent you can achieve. Yeah. But then they're like, but you haven't paid anything. 
So yeah, Aside I decided it's like cover. going in and yeah, yeah, that's fair. Did pay the cover. Okay, that makes me feel better. I think at worst it's akin to not tipping, and I think not tipping is a little worse. <laughs> yeah, well, and then um, at one point uh, someone did say they were like, guys, like it's their job. They're strippers. It's not rude to say, I'm not going to buy a dance from you. Yeah. We can keep talking if you want, but I'm not going to buy a dance. It's like not like you buying... You can just say that. It's honestly, you know what it's kind of like? It's like not buying a hot dog at a baseball game. Okay, yeah. I like it's like people analogy. are walking They're walking around trying to make more money off you, and you're just like, no thanks. I bought my ticket to the baseball yeah. game, I'm going to sit here for the baseball game. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, but, it's like you still feel, though, these social obligations to, like, not be rude. But it's like, guys, that social obligations are, we checked them at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, um, it's definitely an interesting gambit. Um, mm-hmm. and then the other thing I thought was weird was, so you're having conversations with all these people. Yeah. And I'm not that great at having conversations with strangers anyway. So, one of the main things you ask is, like, oh, so, like, tell me about yourself. Like, where are you from? What do you do? Like, what you want to get to know them. Mm-hmm. And any time in that conversation, I'm like, well, I could try to get to know you, but I inevitably, I know where this story leads. Yeah. <laughs> it leads here. <laughs> so. <laughs> At least you saying, do you want to dance, and me saying no. I also think that they're probably much more used to your type walking into that establishment than you may think. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm sure they're and just like, like think... oh, there's multiple types of guys. There's, like, the guys who are tagging along to the bachelor party. There's the regulars, and then there's, like, the bachelor uh-huh. boy. And like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think that they're quite used to people being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I also like to, I also like to think that some of them enjoy making people feel uncomfortable. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Probably makes them feel powerful. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. I was also thinking if you were ever trying to work up, like, the, or, like, work on talking to people, work on having conversations, especially, like, with girls, I guess. It's like, well, go here. Like, it's their job. Yeah, but then you're kind of of paying for the conversation to go well at that point. (laughs) Yeah, then you're using them a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you could give them, like, tip them at the end. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's the ultimate test. If you can get them to... If you can, I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) I was like, I am excited to see how Brian lands this sentence. (laughs) You know, it's like if you can go to a strip club and get a free lap dance, then... Yeah, I don't think that's that's like like, a reality in the the world. (laughs) I know, definitely not, but I feel like that would be the pinnacle of being able to win over women. I feel like that's much more... Yeah, that's got to be much more challenging than just like going to a regular bar and like getting a girl to dance with you. What do you think would be harder? Going to a normal bar and paying a girl to give you a lap dance or going to a strip club and getting one for free? Hmm. <laughs> the latter, honestly. You think that'd be harder? Yeah. Yeah, I think a random drunk girl at a bar would be like, woo! Yeah. Late in the night, the right girl with the right amount of drinks. Uh, we're, we are... This, this we are riding a razor's path. edge, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we left the strip club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. 
Um, and then the next day, the man. <laughs> I feel like I can't just. So we wake up at the transition strip club. away from. <laughs> no, so the next day was a uh, golfing, another activity that I would not uh, normally partake in. Which is weird because you did it so much. I did it a lot when I was younger because Grandpa was funding it. It was one of those like, "Hey, little kid, you want to be in a soccer league?" It's like, yeah. "Okay, I'll play soccer." It's did like, I tell Dude. you about my experience with golf recently? Uh, no, but I'd be happy to hear about it. Well, let's make this about me real quick before you dive into this again, because yeah. I feel like I—it's not like I have a burning desire to have played a lot of golf. But it does feel a little weird that one of the sons in our family got an extensive golf education and they just gave up on the other son. <laughs> um, and I feel like I can later in life look back and trace it back to a singular moment that I would like to bring up and immediately defend. Um, okay. <laughs> you have the floor. So you, so Brian, when you were growing up, you played, you got golf lessons you played golf with Grandpa a lot. You played in golf it was tournaments. In golf leagues. Yeah. Yeah. So you were pretty good at golf, you'd say. I I don't think I'm good, but you, I'm probably better than some people. I, I don't pic- know. I picture you being good at things. Were you, like, proportionally good at golf when you played? No idea. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I did I, not have that level of awareness. <laughs> I remember you going and playing Raccoon Hill. Yeah. I still have that hat. We have thousands of those hats, Brian. <laughs> oh, Rachel worked there, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I, to this day, could not tell you where Raccoon Hill is or how to get there. Me neither. Um, but at one point, it was like, hey, Jay, you want to go play golf? And I said, sure. Brian played golf. And then I went to play golf, and then Grandpa got me a lesson. Now, you got lessons, didn't you? Yeah. Did you get them at the Country Club or Raccoon Hill? Country Club. Yeah, we're Country Club boys. (laughs) But, um... Speaking of privilege. Yeah, exactly. So, I did one golf lesson at the Country Club. (laughs) And I got really hot and tired, and I laid down. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't, I wasn't just like, I hate this, lay down. I was like, I feel really bad. Can I go lay down for a second? Like, as yeah, a child. Like I'm hot and sick. Yeah. yeah. And I remember. <laughs> and I've never been good with standing in the heat. <laughs> like, <laughs> standing? Not my thing. In freshman year of high school, I remember like sitting there standing in parade block for marching band and being like, I think I'm going to die. I need to leave. And then I left. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it was hot. So they always said, like, don't lock your knees if you feel like if we're doing something yeah. and you feel like you need to like throw up or like go to the bathroom, like, do it. Like, we don't want you to kill yourself doing marching band mm-hmm. two days. And so I was like, like, I, I gotta go. And then I left. And in marching band. So, like, I don't think that young Jay was overreacting. But then I do remember getting home and mom being like, you laid down? And I was just like, yeah! Like, 
<laughs> it's like 85 degrees. <laughs> it, it was 85 degrees and I'm standing in direct sunlight making minor adjustments in like a very specific form. And it's like, you know, just like if you're doing something that like requires very fine precision and detail, like sitting, like imagine you're holding like a loop on the end of a stick and you have like, like a very small loop and you're trying to like thread like the tip of a sharp thing into that tiny loop that barely fits the mm-hmm. thing you're trying to fit into it. And you're like trying to line them both up freehand. And you know how like yeah. when you're that close and it's really hard, like that can just like make you like get a knot in your stomach. Like yeah. you like feel like you can't breathe. It's like, <laughs> that's how I feel standing in direct sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> This is one weakness. <laughs> and I'm just like, like we go for runs for hours, but like I couldn't do that. So then I feel like you know, I was. If you're moving, you're fine. So that's the thing is that I feel like it's a life skill that I never picked up, and I feel bad about it. And I think it's all traced back to the one time I laid down during a golf lesson. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah, but anyways, um, how was your golf outing, Brian? Well, yeah, my main takeaway was just that, like, golf is really fun. It's just a fun thing to do. Yeah. And I think we have a really good predisposition for it because a lot of people get very frustrated when they golf. Yeah. Like, you duff a shot, you have a couple bad shots, like, people start to get really annoyed. They get really in their head, and they're actually having a bad time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're really good at doing very poorly at something and laughing at ourselves and being like, well, it's just golf. Yeah. That's true. So, I enjoy it very much. I see other people get somewhat frustrated, but it is kind of is what it is. Yeah. Um, we played a scramble, so it's like one bad shot wasn't completely detrimental. Yeah. You know what a scramble is? I know. What it's, I, know I played scrambles with you, Brian. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And it's one of the... It's one of my biggest dichotomies, though, I think, because golf is fun. I Yeah. Won't deny that fact. I would love to do it if it did, was not so expensive. Yeah. It's insanely expensive, and then I hate all of the... Like, I pageantry. hate everything around... Yeah, I hate all the pageantry. Like, yeah. All, you have to wear a collared shirt. I'm like, oh, please. Yeah. Um, And then also just the amount of land that golf courses take up. Yeah. I'm like, this could be used so much better. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like they're it's able to make like, these I large, hate... beautiful spaces because it's so wildly overpriced. I know, yeah. It's like I hate everything about golf, but I do lo- enjoy golfing. Yeah. Which is, I think that yeah. makes it fortunate that, like, a lot of golf things are, like, sponsored and paid for by, like, work things. So it's like, yeah, golf with you guys. Yeah. Or, like, this going to, like, not. really bad golf courses is, like, equally fun as going to good golf courses for me because, one, I don't know the difference, and two, like, there's less pageantry around the bad ones. Yeah, I agree. Completely. Yeah, so, that's just what I think about golf. But, yeah, I had a great time. Um, I guess that's about it. Just wanted to talk about golf a little bit because I realized I have a lot of feelings around golf. Yeah. We I also agree. watched a lot of golf over the weekend. Really? Mike and Tyler are, like, really into golf. So, like, they play a lot. They're practicing their swings all the time, like, making different adjustments. They are on the golf um, team, weren't they? No. No? I don't think so. You sure? I know Simon was. Mike definitely was not, because he did basketball, baseball, football. Yeah, Mike Kayser wasn't. But, like, I thought Tyler and... Tyler, Tyler might have been. He did like... tennis. He did a little cross country. That was in middle school. I don't know. 
Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, we were watching like the the PGA US Open Tour all weekend. Yeah. The US uh, Open. I, I don't know what anything's called. But that was interesting. Me neither. But I was like, yeah, I was like, I could get behind this. Like, when you know what's going on and you're watching, like, day after day, like, oh, this person had a bad day yesterday. Can they come back today? Yeah. And stuff like that. So, yeah. Golf. Nice. And then point number four, after the golf outing, uh, Zach and I finished last in the scramble, by the way. So that's why I don't think I'm good. (laughs) But also, everyone else, like, so Tyler's really good, so his scramble did what went well. Mm -hmm. Mike's really good, so he kind of carried his scramble. And then um, the team that Zach and I were playing against, they were, like, both pretty decent. Mm-hmm. so they were able to cover each other pretty well and there were times that like I could cover Zach and Zach could cover me but then there were times that we were either both really good or both really bad and when you're both really bad that's when things start to fall apart mm-hmm. so our inconsistencies overlapped a few times and we did poorly yeah but anyway after the golf outing we went to a very expensive steakhouse are you okay? you gonna sneeze? Nice. All right. So we went to a really expensive steakhouse. Yet another thing I would not normally do. The theme of the weekend was things I would not normally do, but enjoy anyway. Yeah, you're going to have a very unorthodox uh, bachelor party, my friend. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to get to at the end of this. But, uh, (laughs) so the expensive steakhouse. The first thing I want to say is, um, free bread. So that's good. Um, Classic. I was, I was reaching over one of the menus. Like, yeah. you know how they have the menu standing up? I was reaching over a menu, down into the bread to get it. Yeah. Knocked over the menu, knocked over Mike's water, spilled the water all over the table and all over Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this was like within 10 minutes of sitting down, I'd say. Nice. Maybe within five minutes of sitting down. So yeah. I got a lot of hate for that. But then <laughs> all of the staff suddenly gathers around us like five or six servers and i'm like oh geez and they're like oh i'm so sorry that happened like i apologize like let us uh change your tablecloth out real quick and we're like no not necessary like it's fine we'll deal with it and they're like no no we insist everyone just pick up your glasses and we're like we like we argued a little for a little while but then we're like okay they're doing this like they had the tablecloth with them so we picked up our glasses and then like a whirlwind jay Everything, the table was cleared, Yeah. the tablecloth was pulled, the new tablecloth was unfurled, situated, Yeah. everything was back on the table, within like 15 seconds. Yeah, it's like, like a, a good, I've been around a lot of people who are really into like, fine dining lately, and it's really, really opened my eyes to like, it is an art that has a very high ceiling. Like, one of my friends on the trip to Spain went to a three Michelin star restaurant while we were there. Mm-hmm. And, like, just... It was kind of wild. Like, I, did, I just him telling us about it, but, like, I think it's kind of cool how good people can be at having a restaurant. Yeah. Like, go, when people say, like, oh, going out to eat can be an event, I was like, this is, like, they're making this an experience. Yeah. And I realized throughout the night, it's like there was a head server mm-hmm. and then like all of his lackeys i'm sure yeah. there's a better term for it but it's like there was one point where we said we were ready we were ready for like the next course or something or i don't know <laughs> and but then he like 
started to walk back into the kitchen and I saw as he was walking there, he was like, all right, everybody. And like clapped. And I was like, oh, like uh, they do this on purpose. Like, like when, when the food comes out, mm-hmm. it's like all of the food comes out at once. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Like everything is just there. Mm-hmm. So you're not like waiting. They're like, who had this? Who had this? It's just like they wait till the food's ready. Then they all come out and you all get served yeah. all at once. And it was really cool. Like That's, they were a I feel like, kind of standard. <laughs> well, no, because usually you just have one server, and they come out with their platter, and they're like, whose is this? They give it to you, whose is this? It's like, there were like six servers. Okay, so they six all servers operated is, but as like, a, It's not weird to have like, like three servers. They all operated as a unit. Oh, yeah? yeah so they, all they, the dishes were set down at the same time. Not even necessarily that, but like within a few seconds of each other, I don't know. And I'm saying I think that can happen with two or three servers at a regular restaurant sometimes. Okay, yeah, but I guess <laughs> I've never noticed. If it does, I've never. It's never been done well enough to the point that I've noticed it. Yeah, like they're they I'm were saying. obviously putting in the extra mile on the service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, I did so at the beginning of the meal. They brought out like, an example of each steak cut that you could get, and he was describing all the flavors and different profiles of each of them, mm-hmm. and he almost talked me into getting a $75 steak, Jay. I think I would, at my own bachelor party, get a crazy steak, because I really like steak. Yeah. Yeah, me, as a cheap vegetarian who honestly isn't that big of a steak guy, yeah, almost got a $75 steak at this place. But I instead opted for the salmon, which was $34, yeah. and still, I think, the second best salmon I've ever had in my life. Uh, fun but fact. It was I've, very, very good. From what I understand, steak is incredibly low margin at restaurants. That's what I was asking, because uh, Zach's older brother owns a restaurant, mm-hmm. and then his other older brother like works at those restaurants. So they, they were talking a lot about like owning a restaurant and like what you look for and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked him what the margins on the steaks were and they're like, no, like you have to charge that much. Like it is, yeah. if you get really good, like well-raised beef and you're like cooking it well and using all, doing everything right. It's like, it's yeah. expensive. I was, a uh, some of my roommates worked at like a very, very nice restaurant downtown in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, they would get, ex- like, it, one, it was, like, a team. Like, so the, all the servers would have, like, family dinner before they had, like, the people come in for the evening. And, like, all the tables would be booked in advance. They'd be like, oh, we have, like, we're serving 30 tables tonight. And, like, mm-hmm. so it was, like, they would all meet as a team, have a meal before the night. And then they would, like, it was, like, battle stations for the night. And then, like, there would be, like, things would things would happen where they would say, oh, we got in, like, a leg of like the acorn fed pork for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like so we're doing our we're doing our acorn fed pork dishes. So that's gonna be really good this weekend. And it's just like oh, like and like chefs have you ever seen the movie Chef? No. It's really cool. I think you should watch it. It's like it kind of gives you an insight into like the world of like very good chefs. Okay. Like, and not just the high, highfalutin ones, like, people who have mastered their craft at every level. It follows a guy who kind of steps away from, a, like, three Michelin star restaurant and then, like, opens up a food truck and then drives it across the country. And it's a, it's a fiction piece, but it kind of, it was a cool insight into a lot of the different levels of, like, mastery. That's fun. But, yeah. Very, very visually appealing movie. Anyways, um, 
Was that your last highlight? Yeah, so I had my salmon. I did get uh, bites of other people's steaks, which I think was very generous considering the price of the steaks. Like, as I was chewing the mouthful, I was like, this mouthful was probably like $10 or something. You think? How big were the steaks? Because I guess when you say $75 steak, I think of like a ginormous steak. <laughs> 70 <laughs> No, it was like a typical bone-in ribeye. Okay. Yeah, probably like... Yeah, I don't know, that big? That thick? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's that's a bird's a, eye that's view, top top down view, yeah. <laughs> but there were, if you got the fillet, the fillets were like that thick. Okay. So I had a bite of someone's fillet and I had a bite of uh, someone's ribeye. Yeah. And they were both incredible, like definitely best steak I've ever had. But like yeah. I said, I think I'm just not a steak guy because I was like, this is like the best steak I've ever had, hands down for sure. Yeah. And it's still just like, I'd rather have my salmon. I. I don't know. Love steak. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Everyone in our family loves steak. I I missed out on that, trend. and I don't eat it hardly ever anymore. <laughs> mhm. But yeah, but even I was like, I want to take like Sydney back to this restaurant. Like we could get steaks, or like take yeah. her. I don't know. Take Dad out to a nice steakhouse. I was oh, yeah. like this. Uh, like Dad would appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was worth the money. Yeah. That's cool. I, I never thought I would. I never thought I would think that about fancy steakhouses. Yeah. But I was like, this this experience and this food was yeah. worth the money. That's the thing. I think I've been there were. Oh, sorry. Um. No. Go ahead. I've been. I listen to a food podcast every now and then, and I've I've interacted with a lot of food people in my life in mm -hmm. the past like five years per se. But um, I've been opened up to like ludicrously expensive food experiences, like. People will go yeah. to a restaurant for an evening and spend, like, $200, like, $200, $300 even. Um, mm -hmm. But when it gets to that extent, like, I've heard of people talking about, oh, this restaurant was, like, we went to it and, like, the chef came out and was talking to us about every course and there were, like, 10 courses. And it's, like, we weren't really there to, like, fill up. And it was, like, he was telling us about all this stuff about... The, and, like... They were the only ones there. Like, they booked that evening. Like, and it's like, that's yeah. how that restaurant works and stuff. And it's like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. that I'd ever, like, make a habit of that. I don't know if I'd even never do it, but I I can see the no, appeal. Definitely not a habit, but I think those experiences can be cool. We had eight people, and our bill, I believe, was, like, $1,200. Yeah. Um, but they, a lot of people attending were not shy about getting drinks. We That's, weren't shy about the appetizers. It's like, yeah. if you went there for your steak and like maybe a drink, drop like a yeah. hundred, 150 bucks. Yeah. I think that could be worth it. So yeah. Thought it was cool. So, so uh, Jay, bachelor parties in general. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to run them down? Cause you kind of mentioned it's like, oh, there's some things that just seem like you should do them they're like there's the typical idea of what a bachelor party should be i'm expecting my bachelor party to look almost nothing like this one but i i thoroughly enjoyed this one and i think i'm gonna thoroughly enjoy what mine ends up being yeah so but it um, did just get me thinking a lot about the expectations and the different ways to approach bachelor parties so yeah. technically you're you're responsible for the planning of my bachelor party as my best man so. somewhat yeah um it's yeah. a group effort for sure, because I obviously want you to enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. But 
I might... So, yeah, I think it's interesting the approach that you've decided to take with yours. And I think I am willing to say that I am philosophically opposed to the to the approach you've taken. <laughs> yeah, I thought some people might be. Because <laughs> you've made the call of you're going to have a, a joint bachelor-bachelorette party. Yes. Yeah. Which I think is just a party. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, understandable. I think we're going to have a great time. I think you're going to have a great time. I think Sydney's going to have a great time. But... I think you decreased the bachelor party factor. <laughs> yeah. I And I definitely realized that when we made the decision, but I was like, <clears throat> do I need a bachelor party? Or, I don't know. Because we're still calling <laughs> yeah, a bachelor explain party. Explain yourself. It, like, it really is just a party. I don't know. I was thinking if I'm gonna have one party around this theme, mm-hmm. where, like, I don't know. You get everybody together. I... Our main thought was it's like we have more fun when we're, or we have a lot of fun when we're together, and we Mm -hmm. kind of want all of our, um, the people on both sides that are going to be in the wedding to meet each other, Mm -hmm. so that it's not just like, I don't know, so that people can have more fun at the wedding too. Okay, so that's... And we thought it would be, we thought it would be really fun to have all of our friends meet each other. Yeah. So. Okay, because that that was the one point that I didn't think of. So I guess I... That it's like it is an investment on the wedding vibes, I would say. Yeah. So that makes sense. And then we did still we did still also want to try to keep it separate for some portions of the weekend. Like we're not doing everything together. Yeah. And I do think that it is fun having teams. Yeah. If anything was proven by the Sith versus Jedi weekend at the cabin, (laughs) um, it's that teams are fun. I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be fun. But um, yeah. But after being at Zach's bachelor party, though, I was like, okay, I'm definitely sacrificing a certain level of like broing out vibe. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of like party. a big point of a bachelor party. Yeah, but then I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I just was like, I'd rather have just like over overall complete group fun than just like broing out. So there's the wedding, bro. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's understood. I, I understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of my takeaways from Zach's bachelor party too was I was like, it's been so long since I've just spent a weekend where the focus is just to like hang out with Zach and Mike. Mm-hmm. Like when you go home and visit, it's like, oh, I'm gonna try to see them. I'm gonna try to like grab lunch or like maybe we can hang out one evening, but it's like, this was a whole weekend of just us hanging out. I was like, wow, this is, like, rare. Yeah. Medium rare. At the steakhouse. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But then also, so the other thing, too, is at Zach's bachelor party, it was, um, so kind of the core group, I guess, was me, Zach, Mike, Tyler. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we were all, I don't know, that's, it was like the Silver Lake High School group, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, for me, I've had so many different friend groups throughout life. I have, like, the people from Silver Lake I would want to invite, the people from high school I would want to invite. 
um, the people that I lived with during college that I would want to invite. Mm-hmm. And then even, like, some people from some of my co-ops, I'm like, yeah. should I invite them? Like, we, were, we weren't together long, but, like, we became really good friends in a really short time. Like, yeah. do I want them at the bachelor party? So it's weird to cherry so pick, I like, knew... the, the high-level folks from each circle? Yeah, well, I had to do that for um, groomsmen because yeah. we, Sydney and I wanted to have the same amount. And she had a certain number, so I was like, okay, well, I have, like... Gotta fill some spots. (laughs) A large bucket to choose from, so I'm like, how am I gonna do this? But then, so my other thought was also that, regardless, I'm gonna have people from different friend groups kind of colliding at this party. Mm -hmm. So it's like... The colliding factor. It's not like you're, like... I'd be broing out with the Silver Lake guys, and then I have these college guys, and these two groups don't know each other. So I feel like I would already be kind of... Feel a little split, and it wouldn't be that genuine, like, broing out that Zach's bachelor party was. So I was like, well, I'm gonna have these groups colliding. Let's collide these groups with Sydney's groups, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just see what happens. Yeah. But... Alright, so... General takeaways, Jay disapproves. <laughs> Jay is the fan of the traditional bachelor party. I, you know, it's like, if you're gonna do it, I'd do it all the way. Not all the way to the strip club, personally. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, teach their own. At the end of the day, I think the, the more fundamental thing about a bachelor party is that you enjoy it. And if this is what the, mm-hmm. the, the groom wants, it's what the groom wants. So I have more points. I feel like I'm just sitting here defending myself, but I have another point too. Why is not? that so like um I feel like the point of a bachelor party party is like to do guy things, right? Sure, yeah. The traditional kind of I don't know, stereotypical bachelor party. I think like that's a bad cigars. toxic bachelor party. I think a good bachelor party is to do groom things specifically. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like cigars, be- or like strip club, golf, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, so then you think about you think about what things I would have I would have fun doing at a bachelor party. And I'm like, okay, like running, spike ball, salads. Yeah, like basically bars and breweries <laughs> salads. <laughs> basically like bars and breweries would be fun. Maybe like we talked about cabrewing, like something like that. Um Grant revealed the cabrewing ba- pans. <laughs> and then basically like 80% yard games, honestly. Yeah. Just, like, hanging out at the house, playing yard games. I caught a and lot like, of flack for how many times I said yard games over the weekend, so I think we need to dial really? that back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you call them? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. I think we, we too clearly defined the fact that we love yard games to the point now where when people say, like, <laughs> it's too on the tip of our tongues now that we've, like, clearly identified mm-hmm. that we have a passion for yard games. Yeah. Well, what, beer sports? Backyard sports? They're not all beer sports. There's a lion in the sand, or in the yard, I should say. There's, like, the beer games, and there's the non-beer games. There's the set-down beer, and there's the hold beer. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically, I make the laundry list of all the things that I'm going to enjoy at my bachelor party. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, all of these things are things I like doing with Sydney. And, like, Sydney enjoys all these things, too. Yeah. So, like, why not have her and all her friends there, too, and we'll all have fun together. Because it's like... 
Oh, Brian. It's like the, it's kind of the same vibe of saying that your best friend is your mom, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I have always hated people that say that their significant other is their best friend. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's two different things. (laughs) Two different things. And, yeah, I see where you're coming from, too, because, like, perhaps the things that we yell at each other during spike ball might be slightly different if Sydney and her friends are around. (laughs) But I think that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. (laughs) I think it's just frustrating when you put the label of bachelor party on it. Because I think a lot of people, it's like a very Boolean thing where it's like, bachelor party equals groom and boys. And then it's like... yeah. Well, that's what I have... I've been trying to come up with what to call it, because for a while I called it the bachelor slash et party, and that's how I write it down. Yeah. But then it's hard to say. But then I also did start just calling it the batch party. Oh, I saw... I read Bach. Oh. (laughs) The Bach party. (laughs) Like, I just show up in a wig. Um, cause yeah, I was like, batch party is, it could be bachelor or bachelorette, and then also it's like, a batch. We're doing it as a batch. So I kind of like batch party. Or bachel party. <laughs> bachel. <laughs> Bachel. Bachel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, okay, well this isn't where I thought this conversation was gonna go. Where do you think it would go? Uh... Did you think I'd be more supportive? <laughs> I thought we were just going to talk about bachelor parties and, like, what a stereotypical bachelor party is and where that comes from and whether it's good or bad and how you should go about a bachelor party, but... I mean, I think we discussed how classical bachelor... How classical bachelor parties... Blatchler blardies? Blatchler blardies are not good. At least, it's not good to just do things that you think you're supposed to do. It should always just be, like, what... It's, like, it's rarely... A setting where you focus a, a party around what one person would really want to do. I think good mm-hmm. birthday parties are probably like a bachelor party, except there's more of a loose. Yeah, this. You know what, Brian? This is what it is. Is like this is like you throwing a wedding anniversary party or like a your fiftieth birthday party, where it's like a big deal and you want to invite a bunch of all of your guys' friends. It's like <laughs> that's what the vibe of this is. Where it's like, yeah, I think that. Um, but I think good bachelor parties are just, like, a party for one person specifically. So. Yeah. With the weird stipulation that it's, like, just boys. Um, well, not even just mm-hmm. boys, but, like, just the bachelor's guests. Yeah. But. Anyhow. Sorry, Sydney. Let <laughs> 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 me just throw, it, throw that in at the end. Hopefully. <laughs> Once again, antagonizing Sydney on the podcast. Yeah. I I feel like I mentioned enough that, like, I think it's going to be a great party. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not a bachelor party. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> but. It's a Bach party. Yeah, Bach party. I don't even know if that's Bach. Probably isn't. Um, but anyhow, Brian, uh, no emails this week. Uh, I think it's partially on us. I haven't been very good at the social media lately uh, because I've been busy. So come at me. Um, but <laughs> it was still a pleasure to send our voices across the airwaves this afternoon. Um, 
If you do want to interact with us in any way, shape, or form, we're on nearly everything at this point. Um, you can email the podcast at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at weeklywilsonpod on Twitter. And you can keep up to date with what's going on if I'm posting on it for Instagram at weeklywilsonpod. Um, but, Brian, without further ado, may I introduce to you the end of the podcast. <laughs> Until the end of next week, and unless otherwise noted, my name is Jay Wilson, his name is Brian Wilson, and this has been The Weekly Wilson. I was really hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> Get some classical scat in there. Yep, classical scat. That is also my scream name on AOL Instant Messenger. If you want to talk to me anytime, I'm on there 24-7.